get right into the podcast here today, guys. Welcome to the Healthy Humans Podcast. This is episode number 13, officially the sixth episode, I believe, or no, seventh episode of season two. So really, really excited about that. We are going to be recording this live, which is, I guess, if you're watching this right now, you are already live, which is fantastic. And we're going to be watching this via Twitch at Finley the Dog Gaming, where I stream a variety of games in the live portion of this podcast. So happy to see you guys all here. We're going to get started here in just a little bit. But before we do, I want to start off with just a big thank you to everyone who has been listening in so far. We've seen some huge growth so far in the month of October. Today is November 1st. So that's when I actually go through and check all of my socials, things like that, and see what progress we've made and then set some goals moving forward as well. We want to make sure that we are bringing you guys the most amount of content possible. That way you guys can get the best out of this podcast. So anyone who makes content knows that for every hour you guys put in requires a lot more time behind the scenes. So again, really, really thankful for everyone who does listen in. We've been seeing that watch time just go up and up more listeners, more viewers, all of that fun stuff. So again, thank you so much right now. If you guys are watching, make sure you guys subscribe. So that's a really great way to help out the podcast on Twitch, especially if you have Prime Gaming on Twitch. That means you have that subscription already ready. Drop it in there. One thing I want to get you guys uh, kind of inform you guys about as well is the podcast purpose. I know a lot of the times when looking over the analytics that you guys are watching most of the podcast and especially the first third of the podcast. So it's usually about the first 20 minutes on average, according to my YouTube statistics. So I want to make sure that we cover the purpose of the podcast and the thesis at the beginning. So you guys know what you guys are getting into and hopefully you guys will stay around till the end. So the purpose of this podcast is to bring education to everybody, especially my online community of gamers, streamers, and creators. And we're going to be covering health, fitness, nutrition, and overall wellness in this growing world here, guys, personal health and well-being is more important than ever. Make sure you guys tune in on Twitch at Tuesdays at 930 or watch on YouTube. That's where we're going to be posting the recap for this. You guys, again, have just been blowing that up with the watch time. So again, super thankful for you for doing that. You can also listen to the audio version, which we've got Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and on Pocket Casts as well. If we make uh, essentially, if we make enough in ads and subscriptions and things like that, we'll also be branching out to other podcast platforms as well. One of the biggest ones is going to be Apple Podcasts, but that does cost a small fee and we just aren't quite making that amount right now. But if we do, we'd love to get that out there as well. So what we're going to be talking about today, guys, is the poll. We're going to be talking about the next of our fundamental movements in our fundamentals series. We only have one more episode after this in the fundamental series, then we might take a little bit of a break for a little bit, but we'll see. Really just depends. But today we're talking about the poll, most often seen as the pull up. And you might be saying, hey, I can't do a pull up. And that's all right, because we're going to go over strategies for that later in this podcast. So stick around. You got to stay till the end. That's going to really, really help out. But we're going to be going over why this is one of the best movements for overall stability and posture. And we're going to be only covering really just a fraction of the movements that it's going to be available to you in a gym setting, um, just because we'll have so many more resources over on Patreon. Really, we could talk about different pulling movements for hours and hours and hours, and we do want to keep this nice and concise. Today, we're just going to be covering the basics and benefits this move might take, so the pulling movement in different forms, 
the benefits of the pulling movement and the importance of positioning and targeting different muscle groups and the importance, obviously, in aging and function. Again, we all get older. Aging is an inevitable process. So we want to make sure you guys are best prepared for that process. We're going to be starting off with the basics and benefits. Our first movement here, guys, you guys probably saw already in that first slide is going to be the pull-up. This is a full body movement here, guys. This is one of the best movements you guys can do, but again, it's not super accessible. So we want to make sure that we are training you guys to not only just be able to do a pull-up, but also train that movement pattern. So a lot of times if somebody is getting into the gym and they're like, Hey, I'm a bigger person. So for me, I am about 280 right now. Um, that is a lot of weight to move against gravity. So if you're like me and you're like, Hey, I can't just like do a pull up. There's a lot of different ways where you can actually train that movement pattern based on, and regardless of how much you actually weigh, because that's going to be the biggest form of resistance and 280 pounds is a lot of weight. So we want to make sure that regardless of who we are at, we're giving different forms and making this a little bit more accessible for people. Often when I am training clients, I will use bands or assistance machi assistance machines to teach my clients actually how to do a pull-up. So that way they can strengthen that movement form and then over time go through that progression pattern where then they can start to get to do a pull-up. Most people, unless you have like a really um, like thin frame, most people can't just hop on a bar and do that. It takes time, it takes training, and it's it's just you against gravity at that point. So we want to make sure that we are giving you guys a little bit of a progression. So if you have like different elastic bands at the gym, loop those around your feet, do that in such a way that you're not going to end up on a gym fail video because that's no fun. <laughs> if you guys have seen those, that's pretty tough to watch. Um, but make sure you guys are doing that safely, obviously. But one of the machines you'll usually see at a gym is an assisted pull-up machine. This is where you're going to be putting your knees on a platform and you actually select a weight. And that weight is going to be counter balancing your overall body weight. So it's a really great way to essentially make yourself lighter and be able to do that position. And they're really, really like, you can use them also for tricep dips and things like that. So they do get a lot of uh, movement. It's actually one of the machines I see people use most often. It's actually one I use most often myself because it is a great way to train that movement pattern. Last thing we want to talk about in just kind of the basics and benefit of this is this is actually a really metabolic movement as well. It's really good for weight loss and strength building because it's targeting the biggest muscle groups in that back. It's going to make everything nice and strong, and it's going to just put you into the position where you can actually do that movement. Coming up next, we do want to cover the joint check here, guys. So just going over really, really quickly what's going on in these diagrams so you can kind of have a better idea and not just say, oh, look, the guy went from position A to position B and not really know all the details that are going into that. So we want to make sure we cover that as well. So first thing we're going to talk about here, guys, is grip and hand position. Right now, this is just kind of a standard grip, just slightly outside of shoulder distance, palms facing out. You can also do this with palms facing in that turns it into a little bit more of like a bicep heavy movement. So you can target the arms a little bit more as well, especially if you are to have the hands facing in and more narrow, that is really, really going to target those arms quite a bit. So again, really, really good movement for that. Then we want to look at the elbow position. So the elbow position from the starting position is fully extended. And then if we look at the finishing position, it's actually going up at an angle here. 
a lot of times when I'm training my clients, I'll usually train them to actually just go to 90 degrees or slightly above. Kind of depends if you're using an assisted pull-up machine. A lot of times if you have achieved this angle, you're actually back in the resting position. So sometimes that's not always applicable, but with bands and things, it's really, it's, it's a lot better to get that full range of motion. So keep that in mind. We're going to be targeting the core quite a bit. And a lot of times we want to make sure that the core is engaged here, even though the lats, these big muscles that are highlighted here on the back are the ones doing most of the actual pulling movement, the core is going to keep the rest of the body steady. Now there are different forms of pull-ups you can do kind of like a muscle up. A muscle up is more of a momentum based pull-up. That's a great way to train the muscle group, but I think in its entirety, the move, the move is the most pure when the body is stable. And then we're going to be looking at the lower body as well. Really, you just want to make sure that if you are really focusing on that movement, you are basically stabilizing the legs. A lot of times you'll see this crossed position here that really just keeps the legs in a really, really stable position. Hamstrings are doing a little bit more work and keeping those legs from kind of swaying back and forth. And so that's really, really important. And we did already talk about that elbow position already, but really you want to be able to really squeeze those elbows into the side of the body here. That is really, really helpful moving forward. Now, again, if you are not somebody who can do a pull-up, the next movement we're going to be going over is going to be really important for you. And this is something you'll see used in the gym a lot. And this is what we call the lat pull-down or latissimus pull-down. Um, it's referred to as just lat because no one wants to say latissimus because that's a mouthful and nobody likes it. On this diagram over here, guys, you're going to see a lot more muscles activated, um, mostly just because you can get a little bit more of those rhomboids and those traps involved as well. But it's going to hit mostly the same muscle groups as the pull-up. So this is a really, really good move to use in place of the pull-up because again, most people can't just hang on a bar and then rep out 10 to 12 reps. That's really, really hard for most people, but this is really beneficial for building strength through that entire range of motion. So instead of bringing yourself to the bar, you're bringing the bar down to yourself and it's still activating all of those muscles. And it's really good for, again, training that range of motion, especially if somebody can't do a pull-up. That is really, really important. And it's also going to teach all of the proper mechanics as well. A lot of the times that lat activation takes a little bit of time for people to actually build that body awareness and actually know what it feels like. And so you can do that with really, really light weights to start and you can really, really feel those muscles working and then you can slowly move up from there. That's going to be really, really important. Now, one thing I do want to note is that this move is not as metabolic as a pull-up. And the reason is, and it might seem simple, but this is a, usually done as a seated movement, not a standing one or a floating one, suspended, I should say. You're not floating while you do a pull-up, although some people make it look like that. This isn't as metabolic because you're not using the full weight of gravity. That assistance from having the legs anchored and the hips seated is going to take out a lot of those muscle groups that aren't just acting as stabilizers. So it's going to be a little bit less metabolic, but again, it's much more accessible compared to the pull-up. Now let's do a joint check on this as well. So this one's again, pretty easy. You can have different bar positions. So in the position we've got on the diagram, this is what we call a wide grip pull-up. It's gonna target slightly different muscles. And again, you can shift those hands closer and closer to do different things. You can shift the hand grip themselves. So palms facing back or palms facing forward, both are accessible, but pulling that bar down is really, really good for teaching people how to engage that back. So just keep that in mind. Same thing as you're going through, you want those hips stabilized. I usually tell people like when you're seated, you want to still be squeezing those glutes and have a little bit of tension in those legs to make sure you're 
stabilizing the entire body. Core needs to be engaged, but again, that elbow drive is going to be really, really important. Bringing that elbow into the side of the body, very, very important as you're going through. Coming up next here, guys, we're going to be talking about body position and muscle targeting. So a lot of times that elbow position and hand position when reference to pull-ups and lat pull-downs are going to be doing much different things. And especially if we're doing something like a standing row, depending on if your elbow is straight out to the side in a mid position, so about 45 degrees out or close to the body, that's actually going to target different muscle groups. So I highly recommend that when you are going through different pulling movements, especially like different types of rows, it's really, really important to use different positions, target all those different groups. It's going to be really, really important to challenging different muscle groups. We want to make sure that we're doing more standing exercises than we are versus sitting. Again, that sounds very simple, but the idea is, is that when you are standing, you are doing something more metabolically. Now, even something that I'm wanting to apply even in my own practice, even when I'm at home, even when I'm at recording right now, I am seated. I'm super excited because actually we're hoping to get to the point where we can get our home office all set up and I'm really excited to have a standing recording space. I can't tell you how excited I am for that because then I can move around a little bit easier for you guys, kind of show you guys what's going on and we can just have a little bit more cohesion and uh, just kind of, I, I like to practice what I Pete preach essentially. So that's going to be exciting. But anytime you guys do standing exercises versus sitting exercises, you're automatically more metabolic because the legs are taking an active role in stabilizing the body. And that heart rate has to work a little bit harder because not only does it have to pump the blood down into the legs, but it has to pump it back up as well, which is going to fight more of gravity, which means when you're doing that exercise, that heart rate is going to be working a little bit harder. And the heart is the most important muscle. So we want to make sure it's getting a little bit of work every single time we are training. Coming up next here, guys, we're going to talk about common injuries. This is something I deal with uh, quite a bit in my day-to-day -day profession because that's actually where most of my clientele come from. It's people with pre-existing injuries or different genetic dispositions, whatever it might be. I have an incredible range of clients for different ranges, abilities, injuries, all that fun stuff. Really, it's not fun, but it's something that we work with quite a bit. Now, the first thing I want to talk about is kyphosis. Now, if you are watching this and you're sitting at a desk and you find that your shoulders are kind of slumping forward right now, that's what we call kyphosis. But that is reversible in most people, especially young people. And I say young, basically anybody under the age of 55. And some of you might instinctively disagree with that, but don't worry about it. We'll go into that in a different podcast. But a lot of times we want to make sure that when somebody says, hey, fix your posture, that's usually the cue where somebody's going to sit up a little bit more straight and they're going to pull their shoulders back, right? You're going to be kind of in that upright, more of an attentive position. When we do pulling exercises, we are training the spine to stay in this position for a longer amount of time with less effort. If you ever sit in this position for long enough, you will realize like, oh my gosh, this is hard. This is not easy staying in this position for a long time because we don't practice it right? So we want to build that muscle stability throughout our pull training to offset that kyphosis. Now, a lot of the times when somebody has a weak back, when that back is constantly slumping forward and it just doesn't have that rigidity that it needs to, this is going to affect mobility quite a bit. It's going to change your range of motion. You're going to have lots of different muscle compensations, even in the hamstrings and the glutes, they might be really, really tight. The hip flexors feel like they're going to be doing too much. And that just, that just happens when we sit so much. 
So that's going to be something we want to make sure that we are offsetting. Now, the next thing we're going to talk about is arthritis. Now, you might be thinking, dude, I'm like in my 20s, 30s, 40s. I don't have arthritis. It's something I don't need to worry about. But it's actually something everyone needs to be actively fighting against because you are going to have the largest amount of bone mineral deposition or bone mineral density, I should say, in the early part of life. When you go through that aging process, as time goes on, that bone mineral density is going to slowly decrease. Now, if you are inactive, it's going to increase or decrease poof, really, really quick. But if it is, if you are staying really, really active, that bone mineral density is over time, it's still going to decrease a little bit, but it's going to be at much more of a level process. You're not going to see that big drop in bone mineral density that leads to issues like arth arthritis, osteoporosis, osteopenia, things like that. And really that's because the load that you're putting onto those bones while weight training is going to increase the amount of bone mineral density, especially in what we call spongy bone. Now the vertebrae themselves are actually semi-hollow on the inside. They have the appearance of a sponge. That's kind of what it looks like. Obviously this is a rigid structure, but that sponge actually allows the vertebrae to flex up and down a little bit because if they didn't, then we wouldn't be able to hold load very well and the discs themselves would actually herniate a lot easier. So when that vertebrae is able to compress, we're actually able to sustain load, which is really good. If we weren't able to sustain load, we actually wouldn't be able to move anything around. That's why we do squats and deadlifts and things like that. And obviously the pushes and pulls and all the other fundamental movements is it's applying load to the bones. The more load we put on there safely, the more bone mineral density is going to be applied and stay around. Coming up next, we're going to be talking about disc problems. Now, if you've ever herniated a disc, you know that this is actually a really big problem. Herniations and tears can occur if the back is not properly supported by the musculature. It can obviously also happen in acute circumstances. So things like car accidents and acute injuries, um, there are instances of that happening, but it's really, really important that those discs stay nice and strong. And the musculature, which when we're building up the lats, the rhomboids, the traps, and all of those internal muscles to the spine, it is going to essentially provide a muscular shield around those bones and those discs, the soft tissue that we really, really don't want to injure, um, especially when we're talking about something that's so close to the spinal cord. We want to make sure that that is all flowing nice and smoothly. Then we also want to talk about postural restrictions that, as well. I mentioned earlier that if you were sitting at a desk all day, you most likely have a weak posture and a slightly weaker back. Um, you might have heard me say this before, but sitting is the new smoking. It is the worst thing most of us do in our daily day-to-day -day basis that contributes to poor health. And that's why the purpose of this podcast is to really encourage you guys to get out, move, lift some heavy things, do so with good form is so that we can really combat that sitting restriction because that, again, it's so bad for the body. But again, most of the people who follow me on social media are gamers, creators, streamers, podcasters, things like that. These are professions that ultimately end up spending hours sitting in front of a screen, editing, making your creations. But I want to make sure that you guys can do that for as long as possible. So that's where we're coming from with this. And then we also see weakness and loss of function as well. When the back is weak, it puts the rest of the body in a bad position when lifting. You've probably heard of people who throw out their back when they try to lift something. It's often because those muscles can't stabilize the spine or the legs are not weak enough and the legs are not 
you know, in play, things like that. This happens a lot in deconditioned individuals or people who just have bad movement technique. But a lot of the times, if that back is not strong, it increases the risk of those injuries. And we want to make sure that we are decreasing that injury risk because if you guys don't know this, PT clinics are fuller than they need to be. And we're trying to keep as many people out of those as we can. A lot of the times you're also going to build better balance by having a stronger back as well, which is really important in aging balance. Having good balance is more positively associated with things like um, being able to engage in outdoor hobbies, reduce risk of falling, and overall mobility and strength. You have better balance, all of that is gonna improve. So we really wanna make sure we're doing that. And every single one of these that we covered here, guys, benefits from training. I usually go through, I try to go through at least once a week with my clients and make sure that they do some sort of pull training. Really making sure we hit that movement group hard, making sure people are really using that entire structure. And a lot of times we'll throw these in with hit trainings, things like that. There's a lot of ways to do that here, guys. So if you guys have any questions about that, please throw that in the chat, in the comments. You can email me at healthyhumanspodcast at gmail.com. There's so many different ways of contacting me, and there are like 8 billion people on the planet, and I only get a couple of questions each week. So I know you guys have got questions. Let me know. We do a lot of different, uh, we have make a lot of different resources on Patreon as well. So make sure you guys are tuning in to that, and we can make sure you guys are having a good time. What we're going to dive into next is really kind of a deep dive into aging and function with concern to the pull. Now, last week, we also talked about the hinge. So, or no, we talked about the hinge two weeks ago. Sorry about that. Um, but the hinge is going to target the hamstrings and the glutes, and then the pulls are going to be targeting most of the back. So those muscle groups are all intertwined. They're what we call the posterior chain. The posterior chain is a essentially a grouping of muscle and fascia that runs basically from the top of your head all the way down your back, your hips, your hamstrings, your calves, all the way to the bottom of the feet. All of that is interconnected. So when we see a problem with one area, it's going to cause adjacent muscle groups to suffer and overcompensate and things like that. So we want to make sure that we are targeting the lower portion of the posterior chain with the hinges and the upper portion of the posterior chain with the pole. That's the whole reason we can keep a really, really good posture as we're going through these movements. So building off my previous point, the back is one of the most important muscle groups of the body as far as posture and aging are concerned. Now, the reason this is, is because the spine is in the very back portion of the body. So if we look at the body from like kind of a side view, right, the spine is not going straight down the center of the body. It's actually located in the back. If you take a look at our kyphosis and our lower doses spinal deformity types, this again, these are not, these are atypical. These are not the typical spines, but you see these are located towards the back of the body. It's not a center column that runs down. So if we take that and kind of look at the physics perspective, all of your organs and the anterior muscles of the body, they are suspended in front of the spine. So we have all of that extra weight essentially pulling you forward all the time. That's why we see posture slumped forward and usually not slumped backwards. Um, although we will talk a little bit about lordosis as well, um, but that's more of exterior or excessive extension in the lower back, specifically the lumbar spine, but we'll get to that in just a second. But because we have all of those organs and muscles, everything suspended in front of the body, the center of gravity is actually located about an inch or two behind your belly button. So 
the entire weight of the body is pulling the spine forward. So making sure the back is strong is going to keep the spine in place. It is going to not lend itself to these extra issues of scoliosis, kyphosis, and lordosis. That's really, really, we want to make sure that we're not doing this. Now, you guys are going to be seeing those diagrams off to the right side here. You're going to see, we're just going to sum these up really, really quickly. So scoliosis is usually what we would consider lateral deviation. And this is just a really big simplification here, guys. Lateral deviation in the spine. Kyphosis is going to be ex ex excessive. Oh my goodness, I can't talk today. Excessive flexion of the upper spine or what we call the T-spine, your thoracic spine. And then lordosis is going to be kind of excessive extension or kind of that lean back of that lumbar spine. That's how I always remembered it actually going through school. Um, lordosis starts with an L. It targets the lumbar spine, also starts with an L. Fun little ways of remembering that. But those are really, really common things. Now, a lot of the times these are caused by muscle imbalances and sitting or standing or performing tasks in a posture consistently over time for years and years and years. So we want to make sure we're offsetting that as much as we can. A weak back does not lend itself to graceful aging. So keep that in mind. Guys, I want you guys to all be the really cool old people that are able to do all the activities you want to and also, you know, be able to sit at a chair comfortably. That is something that some people cannot do. So I want to make sure you guys are having getting the most out of your life. Coming up next, we're going to be talking about movement progression. So when we're talking about pull-ups and lat pull-downs, we're going to be talking about some different ways to really benefit these movements. Now, when we're talking about pull-ups, we're going to talk about using bands, using eccentric pull-ups and assistance machines. So if you are able to just jump on a bar and do a set of 10, that's fantastic. Then we're going to talk about how to progress that. So when you're looking at your set programming, um, a lot of the times we'll see you know, three sets of 10. That's a super common program number of sets that we're going to do. So that is 30 reps total. Now, when you are strength training, we want to make sure that we have a consistent amount of rest as well. If you are looking for more endurance type workouts, we're going to increase that rep count, decrease that weight and decrease the rest time as well. So a endurance style pull-up routine might be three to four sets of 12 to 15 reps with one minute of rest in between. Now, if you're listening to that right now and you say that sounds impossible because again, three to four sets of 12 to 15 reps is like all that could be up upwards of 60 reps of pull-ups. So if you're like, Hey, I can't even do one. How do you expect me to do 60? There's other ways we can do that. So again, one way we mentioned earlier is using bands. So two brands, two band brands, that I'm going to mention here are going to be rogue bands and perform better. These are two pretty common band types that you guys will see in gyms. And we're going to be referring specifically to the monster bands. These are the really, really thick ones. These are meant to be used to do assisted pull-ups. So when you're doing this, you'll tie that band around the top bar, wherever you're actually doing the pull-up on. And then you'll want to make sure that you're looping the other band either around the knees or around the foot. I really recommend doing this in a way that you are, again, not going to end up on a gym fail video where you see people just snap that band up into their crotch. That's never fun. So please don't do that. But that is a really, really good way to train yourself. Now, when you are looking at these brands, they don't come with the 
retention chart associated with them. But if you go online, you can see these products and you can see how much tension that is taking off of the body based on how much it's stretching. And so you can kind of get a rough estimation of how much resistance you're actually moving by taking the tension the band is relieving from the body and just subtracting that from your body weight. And that's gonna leave you with an overall number. You can do the same thing with um, assistance machines as well. So if you kind of have a rough estimate of how much that band is subtracting from your overall body weight, you can use that same number using an assisted machine or a plate loaded machine so you can see exactly how much is being taken off from the body. Now we also wanna talk about eccentric pull-ups as well. Eccentric movement is the idea that the muscles are elongating but still producing force. We talked about this a little bit in some previous episodes, but an eccentric pull-up would be essentially you're getting into that same pull-up position, but you have a box underneath you. So you're standing on the box and a great way is to jump up into that position once you get that chin above that bar to lower yourself as slowly as possible down to that box. That lowering motion is going to be a great way to actually build up that muscle group without necessarily performing that concentric action or the uh, raising action of that pull-up to get into that position. So those are a really, really good option as well. And then if we're talking about the lat pulldowns, we can always use the three check method. Now the three check method is something that I have, I've been piloting myself and it's been working really, really well for a lot of my different lifts. And I'll tell you guys how this works by using kind of this little diagram that I have right here. So for example, if we're doing a lat pulldown and our program is three sets by 10 reps, by 100 pounds, by one minute of rest. Those are the four variables you should be looking at when you guys are programming workouts for yourself. So sets, reps, resistance, and rest. When you're looking at that, this means we're gonna be doing three sets by 10 reps, so that's 30 reps by 100 pounds with one minute of rest in between. If I finish that workout, I'm gonna give myself, usually when I'm writing this down in my notes app, I'm gonna give myself just that green check emoji. And that's gonna be, that's gonna tell me that last time I completed this workout, I was able to hit the full three sets at 10 reps at 100 pounds with one minute of rest. You said, yes, I was able to do that. And then when I do that on my next workout, ideally three to seven days later, because again, I could do that workout in the same week, I try to do these workouts at least once a week, then I'm gonna try to do that again. And I'm again, shooting for that second check mark. So ideally for me is I usually am looking at a three week progression model. So I'm trying to do these workouts once per week, right? So check one is in week one, check two is in week two, check three is in week three. Now you might be wondering, hey, Nathan, what happens if I can't get one of these? So instead I might use just a red X emoji instead. A red X emoji means a couple of different things. And usually I'll take really, really good notes in, in my rest period. So I know exactly what went wrong or what I needed to do to improve. So say set one, I got 10 reps say set two, I got nine reps and set three, I only got seven reps. I'm going to write that down. So that way I know I got 10, nine and seven. So that way, next time I come in, I haven't even given myself that full check mark yet. So to even earn that first check mark, I'm going to go from 10, nine and seven reps in my sets to hopefully getting 10, 10 and 10. Now, keep in mind, it might take multiple weeks to actually earn that check mark. But again, this is really establishing that you can actually do that resistance that you are challenging yourself with. So that means if week one, I got 10 reps and then nine reps and then seven reps. Week two, if I got 10, nine and nine, I'm still progressing. I'm still actually seeing that improvement 
but I haven't quite get, given myself that check mark yet. So then in week three, I'm like, okay, I got 10, nine and nine the week before. Now I'm really going to try hard to get that 10, 10 and 10. And it might fluctuate a little bit. That's part of the game. That's something you just need to be patient with. But when I'm going through, once I get that 10, 10 and 10 following that sets, reps, resistance and rest, then I'm going to give myself that check mark and I say, hey, that's awesome. Then I'm going to try to repeat it two more times. Once I've repeated it those three total times, or I've completed it three total times, repeated it only twice, then I'm going to hit that progression. That is going to be when I improve. And so maybe that will that can look like a couple of different things. You can change the number of sets, the number of reps, the weight, and the rest period. Those are four different ways you can increase the intensity of your workout. And a lot of times people will just do this based on the weight of their exercise. So for example, I might do two sets at 10 reps at 100 pounds at that one minute of rest. And then my third set, I might add five to 10 pounds. So that means I'm going to be doing an overall higher amount of volume, but it's something that's a slow progression. So you might do 100, 100, and then 105. Any, again, you can, there's kind of an infinite number of permutations you can do on this, not infinite, but there's a lot. So again, you can do an extra set. Maybe you add an extra rep to your sets or you do that extra weight or you cut down that rest really just depends on what you're trying to train for. There's lots of different ways to improve that. So that's the movement progression that I use for actually all of my different lifts. And it's been working really, really well. I've seen some huge gains over almost all of my lifts this entire year um, that I've been kind of developing and piloting this system. So really, really excited about that. Once I finish the year, I'm hoping to get some graphs up as well. Uh, it's been, it, it, it takes a little bit of time because to actually track all this and graph it, but I'm really hoping to get some of those graphics up there so that I can show you guys kind of what we see with those results. Then we're gonna get into workout update here, guys. So we this is November 1st, so I always like to tell people new month means new goals. You want to use the previous month before when you're looking at your goals, you want to reevaluate, reassess, and then re-up essentially. So when I'm looking at my October goal, which I did make, which was 3,100 points using my heart rate system. Now I've got my heart rate monitor with me here today. It's my little MyZone MZ3. So this died on me yesterday actually. So I had to track my workout via my watch, not my heart rate monitor, which was a huge bummer here guys. So I worked out extra hard yesterday to make sure that I could assume that I got the normal amount of points that I needed to hit that 3,100. I know that wasn't necessarily in the spirit of the things, but I plugged this in yesterday and it just never turned on. I was like, crap, I forgot to charge it. So we got that 3,100 points though, based on a very conservative estimate of yesterday's workout, which was awesome. That means in November, because I was able to get that 3,100 points, which I definitely could have gotten better. I took a few days off. We're going to try to get 3,200 points. So there's going to be two different things that is going to make this a little bit harder than last month. November is one day shorter. November has more holidays and we're shooting for a larger point goal as well. So if we were to break this up per day, that's 107 points per day. Now, when we're looking at this for overall like workout days. I usually don't work out on the weekends, like Saturday and Sunday. I just usually don't have time. That's actually when I spend a lot of time writing these episodes when I'm not actually working. So we might actually have to see something a little bit closer to 153 points for if we are to assume 21 workout days during the month of October. And another goal I have is to improve three of my lifts using that three check system. So the lifts that I've got listed over to the side here, guys, is the squats, deadlift, bench press, pull-ups, hinge row, which we didn't cover today, but that's another great um, pulling movement. 
the overhead press, which is just a shoulder press. I abbreviated it because it takes up less space. Power cleans, front squat, static lunge, and bicep curl. Bicep curls are just fun because they're fun. They make your arms look good. So, but most of those are going to be covering all of the different movement patterns that we do. The only movement pattern that's actually not covered in this lift set is carries. That is going to be something that I haven't quite figured out how to quantify in the same amount of volume that I do with the rest of these lifts. Because a lot of times carries are based on a set amount of distance as well, like how far I move that weight from point A to point B. And I just haven't decided what I want my standard unit of distance for that to be to make sure I can start tracking with that. But I'll, I'll figure something out. But those are my goals. November, 3,200 points and then improve three lifts using the three check system. I'm pretty excited for that here, guys. I think we're going to be able to hit that. Considering in October, we had a lot of that point where I was earning a lot of those checks on a lot of different lifts and actually improving. So we actually got a lot of red X's on a little different things because when we do up that weight, it is harder to get that full set in. But we have been seeing a lot of progress. I'm hoping we can actually progress a few of those and move those up next time. Next, I want to get into a viewer question here, guys. So one of our viewers messaged in and basically was giving me just a little bit of a story. So I kind of summed it up here really quick. Question that we got here today was, I'm someone who struggles with losing weight. I don't have the motivation to go to the gym, but want to make it a routine. How do I get to the gym and motivate myself? This is actually something I answer quite a bit. And I work with my clients specifically on this. And we refer to this in the exercise psychology world as exercise adherence. It's how well you stick to your own program. Now, when we are building a program for people, it's all about just getting started. I actually, that was the very first episode of the Healthy Humans podcast was how to get started because I get this question so much. So I want you guys to view that episode. If you haven't yet, it's actually our most watched episode. So thank you guys for that. Really appreciate it. And it's only available in audio form. I don't have that in video on YouTube yet, but we might do a re-recording eventually to get that up for you guys. But a lot of times it's all about setting yourself up for little goals. Exercise doesn't have to be this like, okay, I need to, what I'm, what I'm at now and I need to see whatever I need to get to later, I need to make the most amount of progress as quick as possible. Yes and no. Be patient with yourself. Set yourself up for success, not for failure. So if you're somebody who doesn't work out at all, you saying I'm going to make it to the gym five times a week for the next year, really, really improbable. It might not happen. So if you are somebody who says, I don't work out, but I start working out, go to the gym once a week. That's it. Once per week, find a set time in your schedule that you can make it almost every single time. Now, again, be a little bit flexible with yourself. So if you're sick or if you had like a doctor's appointment or something and you can't make it that day, be okay with that. Give yourself a little bit of grace, but find a time in your schedule that you can do that at least one time. So let's just throw out the arbitrary time of Monday at nine o'clock in the morning. You're like, I'm going to go to the gym at Monday, nine o'clock in the morning. Do your workout. It doesn't have to be long, just something really easy. It can be 30 minutes, boom, done. You're out of there. Do that again next week. Do that again the following week. Let's treat our gym routine just like our gym progressions. Do it three times. Once you do it three times, then I want you to increase one of two things. I want you to either increase the time you spent at the gym. So if it's 30 minutes, the next time I want you to go in, maybe go in for 45 or even an hour. doesn't have to be like several hours in the gym. I know that your guys' time is very valuable. Or 
increase how many days per week you go in. So you're like, okay, this week I'm going to do Monday and Tuesday, same time, nine o'clock, preferably not at nine o'clock because hopefully you guys are actually here watching me live at nine 30. Um, but maybe you finish your workout before then. So make sure you guys are doing that, but setting yourself up and increasing your schedule progressively. Now, keep in mind, this is actually going to be really important to do this now. And I'm saying like, when we're looking at the calendar of the year, do this now, because in two months, exactly two months from today, because today's November 1st, gyms are going to be packed. Everyone is going to be taking off the, the gym gym attendance is going to decline for the next eight weeks or so, and then is going to spike up to its highest ever. We just had a global pandemic for two years, arguably still going on. We try not to talk about it too much, but people are excited to be going out and doing things again. We just saw so many people trick-or-treating this year because people are allowed to do things in person again. I expect and I predict to see the largest amount of people this January than we have seen in the last three to four years because people are so sick of being at home and people want to kickstart their schedules right away. And I say this because January is coming up and I want you guys to start now. So that way, if you were one of those people who are like, Hey, I just want to start off once a week. It can be very intimidating when you walk into a gym and it is packed in there the beginning of the year. Like the gyms are absolutely swamped the whole time. So I want you guys to start now so that when you have a little bit of a routine and you already have that structure built up by the time that even comes around. So I really, really want you guys to start working out now. If you guys have questions about that, again, please let me know. That'd be super helpful. It's going to be a really, really good year for a lot of people health-wise. But again, I don't want that January rush to discourage anybody from coming in, but I want you guys to be healthy. So again, let me know if you guys have questions about that. When we finish up here, guys, one of my favorite segments is actually looking at our world map. Now, I made a little bit of an oopsie this week. I forgot to upload last week's episode because we, and I say forget to upload, I forgot to upload it on our podcast, so any, everything that wasn't YouTube, essentially, because we actually went live on YouTube. Now, the reason we're not going live on YouTube today is because I want to take that time, edit the episode down, take out all my ums and ahs and things like that, give you guys a more concise edit, then put it on YouTube, and then send that concise version to Pocket Casts, Anchor, Spotify, all of those things, Google Podcasts. But one of the things that, that Anchor gives me is it actually tells me the demographics the people listening. And one of those demographics is location. So that way we get to update our little world map here, guys. I want to try to get as many of these location icons on here as we can. We have a lot of listeners from the United States. So we're going to go through those here really quick in order of popularity. So from the highest amount of listeners to lowest amount of listeners, actually all the way through, but we'll start in just states of the United States. We have Washington, California, Indiana, Texas, Ohio, Oklahoma, Florida, North Carolina, New Jersey, and Oregon. So my task for you guys here today is if you guys have a friend in one of those states that was not mentioned here today, share this podcast with a friend. Let's try to get some listeners in Alaska, Hawaii, some of those middle states. Let's try to get the East Coast covered, all that fun stuff. Share it out here, guys. That would help me out super, super well. Same thing also if you guys have friends internationally as well. So the United States is actually where I'm located. I don't yeah, that's that's pretty obvious, I think, just by the way I talk. And the fact that I'm wearing a Patagonia hat, that's very Washington state for anyone who actually lives here. But we also have international listeners as well. So Belgium, United Kingdom, Sweden, India, Czech Republic, Spain, and Australia. So 
If you guys have friends that are international, share this podcast with them as well. We'd love to get some listeners in South America. We have zero listeners in Africa right now. Let's get some more listeners in Asia, the Middle East, in Europe, all of those things, Central America. Let's get our our, our neighbors upstairs. I mean, like I'm three hours away from the Canadian border. Let's get some listeners from there. So if you guys have friends in those locations, please listen in. We'd love to have you guys in and listening. I love adding those little check marks to the podcast. All right, guys, thank you guys so much for listening in today. If you guys are wanting to support the podcast, the best way is to just listen in. Listen to our other episodes here, guys. We've been seeing that watch time get higher and higher, higher amounts of views, but also listening on those other podcasts as well. Please leave comments with questions, feedbacks, and your own experience as well. I love hearing the personal testimonies of people who have started working out and they're losing weight. They're getting stronger. They're seeing these injuries and this pain disappear. We want to see how you guys are improving yourselves. Right now, you can find the Healthy Humans podcast on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, and Anchor. Those are all of our podcasts on the right side of the screen. I'm leaving a little bit of gap here because, again, if we make enough uh, in support and financial support, then we can start getting places like Apple Podcasts up as well. We also want to make sure we get as much questions as possible so that we can start doing fairly regular AMA episodes, which is Ask Me Anything. So we really want to make sure we get all of your guys' questions answered. You guys can also send different topic requests into me on Twitter, Instagram, or the podcast email, which is at healthyhumanspodcast at gmail.com. Next episode, we are going to be talking about the carry and other stabilizing movements. This is our last episode of the Fundamental Series, not necessarily the last episode of Season 2, but we'll see. I'm really excited to do this here, guys. So if you guys have any questions on Twitter, you or uh, yeah, on Twitter, you guys can use the hashtag HealthyHumansPod, so that way I can see what you guys are posting. You guys can catch me throughout the week at FinleyTheDogGaming on Patreon, so that's where you guys can find me here. That is actually a great way to support me financially, or you guys can actually throw a subscription down in Prime Gaming here on Twitch as well. That's super helpful here, guys. Make sure you guys follow on Instagram, Twitch, and Twitter at FinlayTheDog. That's super helpful. You can find me on YouTube in two different places. So I post my gaming content update at Finley and Theo Entertainment, and I post this podcast on its own channel, which is the Healthy Humans Pod. We've got five or six subscribers so far. So make sure you guys like, comment, subscribe, all of the YouTube things. We'd That'd be really, really helpful and helps me give more to you, essentially. So thank you again for all of our listeners worldwide. Just remember here, guys, all information discussed on the podcast does not constitute medical advice, and you should always consult your physician before starting an exercise program. Something I want to end with is whenever I finish a training session, I always like to state my three rules. Make sure you move around and stretch after you work out. Movement is medicine. Rule number two, drink water. Make sure you're drinking more water than coffee, alcohol, and other sweet beverages as well. Tis the season for fantastic holiday drinks. Let's make sure we're getting that water in, folks. And most importantly, number three, let's have a great rest of your day. Be a good human. And we'll see you guys in the next one. 